0: IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Hello again, everybody. It's IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Kirsten, it's just so great to be with you again for another episode.
1: Yeah, Mark, we're back again to speak about the Conscious Leadership.
0: And today's guest is Kelly Parsons. She's calling in from Savannah, Georgia. And Kelly, just so glad to have you.
1: Thank you so much
2: for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be with you all today.
0: Kelly is a design professional. She has a marketing firm and branding, and she helps with social media management and websites and the like. And many of your clients, Kelly, are spiritual and metaphysical practitioners. And I'm very curious as to what built that circle, what attracted you to the clients and the clients to you? So when
2: I first started out, um, one of the clients that I still have today, she runs a metaphysical store down in South Florida and through my working with her and really being able to connect with her on an energetic level really opened up into that realm a little bit more. I also personally was very interested in that in metaphysics and spirituality and understanding energy more and how that related to the work that I was doing, bringing in an additional layer of understanding of website design and colors and and how those things hit more, um, not just from a, a sales standpoint, but more from an energetic standpoint. And so that always fascinated me. And so I sort of incorporated that. And then as I would get another client that was energetically sensitive in the metaphysical community or the new age community, they realized they didn't have to sort of explain themselves to me the same way they might with someone who didn't understand or didn't have a frame of reference for what their vocabulary was. So it was a very easy transition into that because I already understood and could explain in ways that they could understand too and use layman's terms that made it a much simpler process. And then I can intuitively tap into energy so that I can really produce something that is very reflective of them as opposed to something that's sort of a byproduct of me, mm-hmm. um, which is common in, in my work in, well, in, in this industry. It, it
0: definitely is. And and you've added a layer, I think, beyond maybe what's just common in the industry. Certainly, there's listening and translating, you know, what, what the clients want and what the companies uh, need and so forth. But you're adding this extra layer that not, I need to understand it in order to communicate it in a way that anyone can understand and to be a conduit of that message more or less.
2: Absolutely. And for me, that's the, the fulfilling part of my work. But I think that's the also the thing that separates me from a lot of other types of designers that don't necessarily tap in to the energy of their clients. What I love is being able to produce something that really reflects who they are because I find that very empowering for them because they can go out into the world confident that, whatever, uh, if it's a website or a photograph or a design of some kind, that it really, they feel very represented. Their energy is very intrinsic in whatever it is that I produce.
0: And I guess from a marketing standpoint, do you feel and do your clients feel these practices need to be marketed?
2: I think that earlier in my career, there was a lot more work to educate in the process of the marketing. Whereas now I think we don't have to do as much education because people have a larger frame of reference. Things like meditation and um, psychic abilities and things like that are becoming more and more mainstream. So before there was an education component of people don't really understand what this is. There might be some trepidation around this. They think they might want it, but they have to feel safe. And so they you have to add in a little bit of that whereas what i'm seeing now is with those clients is it's it's a little easier because people have a frame of reference that you don't have to sort of that's not an obstacle you have to overcome in the marketing language and the presentation of things as much as they did when i first started this kind of work
1: and a question for you kelly you know you've worked on my first website which was fantastic You were the one who was able to balance my masculine and feminine energy because I have such a masculine component to me. And then I have another side, which is now becoming more present than it was then when you did that. First, how old were you when you really got started and saw the direction you were going? And I also see that you're in a second part. I know you just launched a new academy that you're a part of and you're doing some soul coaching. So what, how did that unfold? And that, that's part of your own leadership and soul growth.
2: Yeah, so its uh, it's been a little bit of a windy road, I would say. You know, I've always been creative my entire life. I originally wanted to be a photographer. And I, I did a little bit of that when I was younger. And even I remember even I think when I was 12, I won a little award and it was very exciting. And then as I got older and I used to be a a big part of the church. I actually got a degree in biblical studies. I was going to be a pastor and through some external, through the, through the, the work that I was doing in school and some family issues, I realized that that structure was a little too small for me and that I needed to expand out of it. And so I was introduced into more of the spiritual side of it, which really influenced my soul growth. At the same time, a lot of that energy was being expressed in art. So I was doing a lot of um, more fine artwork back in Nashville, Tennessee. And I would do little shows, but in that process, I would have to produce flyers for the shows. And so I started making my own flyers and then other artists were like, hey, that's really good. Can you make one for my show? And then I did that and then I did a website and then essentially everything snowballed from there. That's really how it was. It wasn't necessarily that I started out to do this type of work, but I realized that I could support people living their dreams, that that was important to me, that it was fulfilling on a soul level for me to support other people following their own sense of direction and their own sense of uh, soul fulfillment that is outside of the mainstream. Because running a business sounds great on paper, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication. You have to be dedicated and to support people to live that life for themselves is very fulfilling for me. And so as I've progressed, I have collected a lot of experience along the way, both spiritually, both on the business side, really pretty collectively. And I'm able to now work with people and help them break down some of the barriers, the personal barriers that we set up against success, the things that we tell ourselves that this isn't possible, I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, all the things that every business owner on the planet has dealt with in some level to help them really get the tools that they need to grow into something that is more accurate of what their soul is calling for them.
0: You know, and you think about this word right in our podcast title, IntelliKey Leadership And I think a lot of people define that leader as, well, I'm the CEO of a big organization or a senior manager or whatever. But you're also describing this personal leadership and entrepreneurship. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about sort of your personal journey to share in that leadership with other like-minded entrepreneurs.
2: Yeah, I think that the biggest shift for me around that was my own sense of empowerment. Because I think leadership is a lot about empowerment of the people that you work with, whether you're in sort of charge of them or you're guiding them or you're helping them in any way that works, it's about empowering them just as much as you're empowered because together then we are able to create much more. A disempowered person is going to struggle much more than an empowered person around any task pretty much. And so working with other entrepreneurs feel that sense of empowerment and help them get to that same sense so that they can live an empowered life. If you can both be empowered, then you can accomplish so much more than if you're not. And I was able to get to a higher level of self-empowerment through my own process, through both sort of more clinical work. I Um, went through personal loss that I sought more professional counseling and that was a beautiful thing and it was super helpful for me. But then also on the spiritual side, I was able to connect those dots too through really talented mentors and teachers and spiritual guides that then able was, I was able to get a more cohesive sense of who I was. And through that, I was able to become more self-empowered. And that's the same kind of thing that I like working with other entrepreneurs who are either on that path or who have achieved that because so much more is possible when you have, when you can get to that sense, when you can get to that level of, of understanding of the, of the self essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's happening in this shift into a new energy, new collective, if you will, is this unity consciousness, the coming together, working together and having individuality, but also working within a team and partnership. How do you see that playing out? Because it sounds like you worked with your teams and you have a beautiful symbiotic relationship with your clients.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I tell my every client that I work with, I tell them the same thing, regardless of what it is that I might be doing for them, is that I find a big part of what I do in my job is to help them, to empower them. So I don't keep secrets from them. I don't keep accounts from them. I don't keep information from them. If they have a question, I'm happy to answer it. Because to me, I believe that together, it's just, it goes back to what I was talking about before is that if we can be empowered together, they can be successful, I can be successful. I don't have to hold the keys to their business and nor should I. And I don't think, a lot of people in my industry have a little bit different perspective of that. They tend to maintain a lot of control over certain aspects of things like hosting or websites or stuff like that, where I don't do that. I have never run my business that way because I think that it is important to have a partnership. They may have hired me, but together we can accomplish so much more and be a better representation of what their business and who they are too. We are absolutely shifting from a singular consciousness into the collective consciousness. It's no longer I and you, it is the we, you know? And I think the younger generation is, we've seen the I and you platform. We've seen it played out over and over and over and
0: again. And by you, do you mean me? <laughs> no, I've seen you. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, we've
2: seen that played out in politics and the global and the local and in, in pretty much every level. And we've, we're sort of seeing it as a, as a bill of goods at this point where we're, this isn't working. You know, this is clearly not working anymore. This, this idea of just only whatever works, whatever is good for me is enough. We, I think that the younger generation is, is shifting out of that in really significant ways, which I'm glad. it's going to take some time, but we're sort of, we're over it. A lot of us, a lot of the, I'm a millennial. So a lot of us millennials are super over it. We we don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But you know, Kelly, you're also bringing up this abundance, you know, this collaboration versus competition. And I guess you're right in the business. And I've been uh, on your side of the desk for my career as well. But this idea that if, I give the door opening you're going to steal my account or you're going to take my client or they only have so much money and i want the most of it instead of saying there's a billion people in the world that need what we do why don't we go out and get more it's just a different mindset and it's so refreshing to hear you talk like that
2: yeah and i often there may have been a few times where i could have made more money but often that sells more jobs than anything. Because people that uh, offers a level of trust that they don't necessarily have or they didn't have with their previous, that's the other thing is that I get a lot of clients that'll come to me and say, this is what happened with the last person that I worked with and this is terrible, (laughs) you know? And so when they come to me and I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. I never have done that. I don't run my business that way. Let's get this straightened out for you. I have a client for life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, they, they, people can intrinsically feel, they can viscerally feel that that's not right, that that's not what they want anymore, that it's wrong. It doesn't feel right. Why don't I have access? This is my business. And so they come to me and I'm like, yeah, I don't do any of that. Let's work together to make you and me some money and go from there. And they're like, great. And I've never lost a client that way. You know, the, even if, even if they take it over, it's fine because they'll refer me. So it's it's this, this idea of there is a finite amount of money in the world. Mm -hmm. One of my clients one time said, no, there's money everywhere. literally money everywhere?
0: Literally. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Money is everywhere. You just have to figure out how to get it. It's not that it's scarce. That's not the issue. And so when you flip your thinking around that, then you, the door is absolutely open. And I've never struggled as far as, as uh, that, that philosophy. I've never questioned it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. And so what I've noticed too, Kelly, just having known you for a little while and you know, watched from the outside, you operate in a, in a beautiful flow. It just, it continues to expand. It continues to open. You do an, you do a lot of work to your point, right? You have responsibility, you have commitment, you have measurements to track your success, which are all the responsible business practices, but you also operate in a greater flow. There's more harmony and more, when you're operating in the abundance, there is harmony. How do you maintain that? How do you, uh, so what practices do you have in place to help deepen and expand that?
2: I learned a long time ago that I have to be very aware of my own personal energy because my own personal energy affects that flow directly. You know, I've said before that, that the individual is, the, the the grand paradox is that we are both lock and the key, that we are both our captor and our freer at the same time. So if, because we have tremendous power to affect our reality and to affect that flow. But if we're disconnected from our internal workings and our energy, we can stop that flow and we can pull ourselves away from that larger, that larger purpose or that larger fulfillment. So I always have to be very aware of my energy. And so I, I'll meditate. I do, there's a a guy named Michael Harner that did uh, a system called shamanic drumming and it's a monotonous drum beat. Basically he has a book out and I think you can get he has a website, he's passed since then, but um, at any rate, I learned how to do that. And it, it's it's my, sort of my go-to when I feel like I need to really reconnect with um, my own energy, with my own guides, with my own sense of spirituality and either needing direction or just needing rest. Like if my energetic body just says, we need you to go and just rest so that we can sort of recalibrate energetically that's really my go-to. And then just a daily practice of mindfulness, essentially. And that's very buzzworthy, but really it's true. <laughs> it's it's very, it's being very connected to one's own energy body at the same time and being able to say, This doesn't feel right. I'm going to respond to that. Or seeing something that's in my exterior world and that that this reality that doesn't match that I know doesn't match, that I will take whatever steps necessary to address that, whether that be more meditation or energy work or continuing to see a, you know, a licensed mental health counselor, both of those things, I, you don't necessarily, they don't necessarily vibe all the time in these communities, but both are, both are amazing. You know, both I have experienced great growth and great healing on both sides of that coin. And to me, it's the same coin. They're both working to heal, um, in my opinion, on a soul level, so that people can operate in the world at a greater uh, fulfillment.
0: Uh, it's so good that you say that. And thanks for sharing that sort of personal growth that you're describing because I think I wanted to ask you on this podcast we often talk about this overlap between business and life and we can call it balance but especially these days you're working in your house you can work 24-7 remotely Where, where does business stop and life begin or vice versa and so I'm really curious as you might be speaking to some of our listeners who are rethinking now their careers or thinking about opening their own businesses. You've talked about the roller coaster of having your own business and having to deal with life issues at the same time. I guess, what, what insights would you share based on your own journey?
2: I don't necessarily want to scare people away from it, but the, the realistic part of it is that it's going to take work. There's an idea, I, I, a lot of people that I have worked with, um, you know, they, they get really excited at it the beginning and they they want to do this and it's really great. And they have this really wonderful idea and that's beautiful. There's that energy <laughs> is amazing. So revel in that, if you have it, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you're gonna, you might get kicked in the butt a little bit later with the reality of how it may take longer than you expect. Whatever road that you've mapped out for yourself, it probably won't follow that map. Whatever map that you've decided, it's probably not going to follow it, but it's okay. That's what I would say is that allow yourself to uh, be flexible as much as possible. And whatever ideas or preconceived ideas about what running a business looks like, allow those to change as you experience different things. Because your experiences are your teacher. So don't, don't sort of hit that brick wall and say, well, this isn't for me. Adjust your understanding of what it is that you're getting into and adjust your expectations. If you, are, if you keep hitting that brick wall because you've set these expectations for yourself and for your business and that you should be here, or you should know this or you, all of these things, you're just compounding the problem because you're just adding judgment onto it. The judgment isn't going to help you get anywhere. If you mm-hmm. see the brick wall, but you find a loose one, f- pull that out, and then you can dismantle this idea and get through that next level of your business. You know, it's great to take classes and to talk to other people who have gone through it. If you can find a mentor, absolutely do. It will help you shortcut that process to a certain degree. You're still going to have to learn it yourself, but they'll be able to help you. And when you have your freak outs, because you will, they'll be able to say this is normal your freak out is entirely normal because this is what running a business is i know i don't know a single business owner that i have worked with and we're talking clients that that gross in the 15 20 million dollar range that have not had a freak out at some point about their business and whether they're going to be successful and whether or not they're good at it or whether they did that made this decision right those are honestly all the time Like those are going to constantly happen, but you have to see that and then just keep moving forward if you want to be successful. But it sounds
0: like some of those expectations come from this comparison that you were talking about earlier, this syndrome where we say, well, somebody else made a million dollars in three months. Why am I not making that? Or "They, they have a beautiful client list. I wish my client lists were so beautiful. I mean, whatever it is, it seems like these expectations, when we say they don't line up, might come from that
2: yeah and and the problem is that we we tend to see people at the at the top of their mountain we don't see them on the climb up so we don't see the struggles we just see them here and we're like oh that's where i should be and we're not climbing our own mountain to get there it doesn't work like that it's taken me eight or nine years to get to this point but nobody sees the really you know (laughs) some people do but anybody who's listening who's never met me they don't know the eight or nine years of struggle they don't know that I started with literally a broken desk and an um, air mattress on the floor they don't know that information they see me now and I have a home and I have I'm stable and I am making good money but that's that's not the whole story so you
0: you can't you <laughs> right it never is, is yeah
2: it,
1: and it's funny because what you're describing, which many, many of us are coming off of these social network platforms, is this kind of Cinderella syndrome that social media portrays, which really is a non-reality. It's a non, to your point, we see people at their best. We see the best that the marketing professionals have to offer, right, how they position, but we don't see the reality of what it's like. It doesn't, in those learnings don't leave you. What are you seeing with the impact of social media? Because I know it's a big conversation in my circle. Many people want alternative venues now to this because we don't want the Cinderella platform. It feels inauthentic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I wonder how deeply ingrained that is in our society now. I wonder how much work that it's not necessarily just about switching off the platform, but that. I wonder if our our social cues and our social understandings and our social interactions haven't that we might need to do more work than just switching a platform, because mm-hmm. it's a larger conversation around if my, you know, if my, uh, like if my dump truck's full and I don't empty it, it's just going to be full no matter where I take it, you know, like it's, so right. I wonder. And it's going to smell. Exactly. Like, not gonna, Get you
0: know, rid of the chunk.
2: Just, I meant, you know, like if it's full and I put it on a new a paint, you know, paint it up real pretty. It's going <laughs> to might look a little different, but it's still going to stink to high hell. So, you know, you, you can't. So I wonder, I wonder sometimes if the conversation shouldn't necessarily be about what's the better social platform is more of a conversation of how do we connect again? How do, we connect? Right. How do right. we connect again in a way that, that we've lost because of, you know, I love technology. Technology I think is amazing. I think it's a lot about how people use it. To me, it's not necessarily that everybody should abandon their social media platforms or that one is bad and one is good or any of those things. It's whatever we bring to it. So I think having a deeper conversation about how we connect again on a soul level, on a personal level, one-to-one is probably the more important conversation to have around that.
1: That, that. To me, that was beautiful. I think that is the right conversation. I agree with you. So thank you for raising that awareness, right? Because that connection to human beings, which is, you know, you mentioned, you talked about that shamanic, you know, journey that you do. All of the shamanic purpose is about connecting back to your natural rhythms, your natural state. And that's what you're speaking to. Communication is a natural state. Interacting with each other is a natural state. And that's part of that unification consciousness we're looking at as well.
2: And you know, during the pandemic, like I, I live alone and I work from home. So I am without technology, I'm completely isolated. You know, that's, so I'm thankful for technology because I can go and and connect at least on some level with the people that are important to me. And so I would, you know, there's definitely parts of these social networks that are not healthy, for sure. Psychologically, socially, absolutely not healthy. But there's also people using these things for, for connection in a way that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. You know, people... Older folks who aren't able to go out into the world because they have, you know, they're at higher risk for getting sick. So the only connection that they have is maybe a Zoom call or a Facebook message with their granddaughter or their daughter, whoever that might be. That you know, that's beautiful and that's important. And that, to me, is where we need to focus more of our energy.
1: Yeah, that's beautifully said. We had a guest on our podcast, Takatoshi. And he is really, in, he's more into the digital currency, but his entire platform of conversation is AI is brilliant. It's here, it's brilliant, but how we use it will be the differentiation between its goodness or how it is used for the wrong purposes. And that's exactly what you're speaking to. It's the people driving the technology, not the technology that's the problem
2: that's right and if we if we hand over all of our power to the platforms and say that the platforms the problem then we're never going to address the real the real issue the platform can't you know i'm we have to be careful not to be like well facebook made me mad today facebook didn't make you mad <laughs> facebook doesn't have that kind of power Facebook, Facebook made you mad because you gave Facebook that power or Instagram, not picking on Facebook at all, but right. insert any, insert anything into that, any person, any situation, any social media platform, anything that you do, if you continue to give your power away and not take responsibility, then that's the, it's not the platform's fault. <laughs> you know, they didn't no, do that. So you true. Did that.
0: Well, Kelly, what a great conversation. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And uh, I guess also I think about Kirsten, you know, here we are at episode 57. And, uh, you know, we've talked to uh, Kelly, as you described, we've talked to 57 more people than we ever would have, you know, just Facebooking them, you know. And so we have tried to use this platform and this technology to make more connections with people like yourself who have, you know, I, I keep going back to this higher vision, you know, this, this is not a management podcast about how to get more followers and how to get a website that converts, uh, you know, we, we, I think there's plenty of those out there. We've probably seen them all, but this is a little something different. So we've really enjoyed this conversation, but as long as we're talking about connections, we, we must ask, how can we connect with you and uh, follow more of your work?
2: So you can find my website at kellyjparsons.com. You can also find me on um, Instagram and Facebook under that same name, Kelly J. Parsons. Don't forget the J. Otherwise, you go. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Who knows?
0: There's a million. That's <laughs> so not right? me.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that J really helps narrow it
1: down. So don't forget the
0: J. Kelly J. Parsons. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. And just don't let the platform take control of you. Uh, yeah. stay, stay in control. I like That's it. Right. <laughs> well, Kirsten, thanks again for another great uh, conversation. And Kelly, thanks for being our guest.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you,
0: Kelly. Yeah. And what's your big takeaway, Kirsten, from today's interview?
1: You know, I like the connection. I, I think to me, that was the, a reminder. It's an aha moment and a reminder, right? The technology is not the issue. It's how we're conducting and operating. And then also going back to basics, human to human, soul to soul contact, which in connection, which Kelly spoke to beautifully.
0: Well, listeners, thanks for coming by. This is IntelliKey Leadership Stories. And Kirsten and I love having these conversations about leaders, organizations, brands, all sorts of entities that are really innovating and guiding and developing their potential with a higher vision. Kirsten, people want to continue the conversation, you're hosting another call. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: It's called Soul Tea and Conversations for people to journey in to get to know themselves better in a peer-to-peer situation. It is a free platform. You can find it on my website, pureintellikey.com.
0: And listeners, come back again for our next episode where we'll talk to another leader who's reaching their potential and their soul's purpose in business and in life. For Kirsten Gouldy, I'm Mark Stenson. This is Intellikey Leadership Stories. See you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen
1: to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.
0: If you like IntelliKey leadership stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, We talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.